0: Welcome to Is This Working? a podcast about the messy parts of work with me, Anna Coderado
1: and me, Tiffany Philippou today we're talking about burnout again, but before we do that quick request to please subscribe and leave us a review so it really helps other people find us thank you on
0: with the show you want more tools to improve your working life then join is this working on patreon the community platform for supporting creators like us support us on patreon and you'll get perks including a weekly reading list from us packed with things that will make your working life better find us at patreon.com slash is this working show
1: Anna, talk to me about burnout. Yeah, so
0: I think I'm in the early stages of burnout right now, and I've noticed it start to creep up on me over the last few months. And it's interesting because it's the feeling is manifesting in some very particular ways. So, in the first instance, I know that something is not right with me because I'm waking up each morning with this sinking feeling of dread. And I have this I have this physical sensation when I wake up of almost not being able to catch my breath. And it starts to come in as I'm going through my mental to-do list of everything that I need to get done that day. And it just, it feels like I guess almost that, I suppose that sort of like, yeah, sort of sinking, dreading feelings, just not a very pleasant thing to wake up to. Um, But then in terms of work, and, you know, we're going to get into this because burnout very much is a mm, phenomenon that is related to our work. But when I sort of think about my work, I'm, well, on a kind of like big existential level I'm actually kind of questioning whether I even want to be a journalist, which I know, like, and I've, I've definitely sort of had this question come up for me a number of times before. Uh, but I always kind of know that that's a massive red flag that something is not quite right in um, with me and with my relationship with my work. Um, and I think part of that question is coming from the fact that I'm looking at the media industry at the moment, and I'm just feeling this immense anger and frustration towards it. And I think that's partly coming from the fact that I'm seeing so many media outlets make cuts. And I'm obviously, it's not, to be clear, it's not an anger at the people who are losing their jobs. It's Quite the opposite. I feel a deep sadness and sympathy for those people who are losing their jobs. But I suppose it's this feeling of why can't we make this work? Why are journalists having to lose their jobs? Why can't the media industry make this work and it's it this is much bigger than the pandemic the problems that have been happening in the media industry in the media business long predate the pandemic it's it's almost a um it's almost a red herring to kind of think that corona is what's brought the media down um, it's been on very shaky ground and this pandemic has just almost kind of been um, yet another nail in the coffin um and it's funny because it's kind of to the point where I can't, I can't even bear to look at Twitter because, you know, Twitter is, it's full of journalists and writers. I can't bear to look at Twitter. I'm actually on a Twitter, well, a full social media break at the moment because I just look at it and it just makes me so angry and so frustrated. And it's just, it's just bringing in so much, so much negativity into my life. Um, so yeah, anyway, all of these things are kind of swirling around and I have definitely felt like this before. And I've actually shared about it on the podcast. And this was a number of years ago when I used, it was when I was working in my last staff role. And I've looked back on, on that time and I realized that I was fully burned out in that job. And at that point in my life, and it's not what I'm experiencing now is not quite on that scale, but I'm definitely spotting similar signs. And I think having had that experience has made me able to sort of notice when these things are creeping up on me. And I'm just very aware of that. Um, and I'm trying to kind of course correct as a result.
1: I similarly, um, I think I'm coming out the other side of my burnout. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, I mean, to be blunt, I think just right now I'm just really tired and overworked, but, (laughs) um, so forgive me on this podcast episode as well, but. I think for me a few weeks ago, what I was experiencing was burnout in the sense that, that disillusionment that you've just talked about and just feeling like I wasn't getting back what I was putting in and the results that I so crave from the work that I do, um, not, not, they still felt very far away. Um, so I've been thinking, you know, so for me, I adore, my working life and I do get to do extremely enjoyable and fulfilling work which is great Um, and however the, the flip side of that is I haven't made that fully sustainable financially yet and I hope to but that still feels really really far away Um, And that's not the only result. That's just one example. But with regards to my definition of success, which Gloria Steinem talked about on the Elizabeth Day podcast, um, How to Fail recently, was about doing what you love. You don't notice the time passing and you can sustain it. And I feel like I've got the first two down, but not the third one. Um, so let me take this podcast for an example, to be super transparent. Um, so we were on such an incredible role, um, you know, with, um, we were getting sponsors, we were growing, we were having amazing listener feedback and it was so exciting. And then um, I've been in charge of our sales, head of sales. Head of sales. yeah. Head of sales. Um, and I have a lot of experience with sales and also a lot of experience of being like really good at sales. So um, I've always found it the problem with sales as well. It's a bit of a drug. So you get, you really get off on like the success of it. But that's, that's sort of a bad sort of high. But anyway, um, we, we did really well in the early days. And then now we've done all the processes and tweaking and contacting people. And I think we've really put our all into it. But we've got quite a lot of computer says no, um, pandemic budgets. Um, and I think a lot of people just, well, maybe this is a separate point, but a lot of people just aren't doing stuff like that. They're not taking risks because of the pandemic. And I had loads of interesting people who didn't convert. And so I've sort of spent days and days working on this thing that just like nothing's come of it. And so, um, you know, doing what I love, making this podcast, not able to make it sustainable despite putting my all into it. And, um, and that's been really, really tough. And I, I actually took that blow of us um not getting that sponsorship I actually took it really badly um and similarly I feel like with the growth of the podcast again like um maybe not accelerating at the pace that I'd like it to be. So we can, it's not because the vanity, it's like, it gives you the freedom. It makes everything easier to create and do more stuff together. Cause again, like I just want to do what I love and, and, but, but it's sustainable. So it's been really, it's been really, really tough and it's really hard to keep going when you're not getting that result you want. Um, and similarly with, um, writing as well, like I'm very, very slowly building a audience. I adore writing my newsletter. It makes me so happy. But again, like I don't get paid for that. Um, and it's just really tough. And, and so what also happens though, is I have to do other work for money and, um, it's really hard. I basically, you know, everyone talks about like the portfolio career, but I basically have like five jobs right now. Um, and, so one of the things I do for money is startup consulting, which I also actually really enjoy. And I love working with founders. They're always such like creative, energetic sort of people, um, most of the time. Um but but having to switch from doing these all these things all the time, um, and, and always having to be really on. Um and I and I keep on joking to my housemate, I'm like, I work really hard for someone who doesn't earn that much money. Like I'm working like really hard and that's fine. Actually, I don't, I mean, what I mean by that is that kind of like quite long hours, but having to be really on and like really concentrate. So, but what I mean by that is like, I'm not getting back what I put in. And that is essentially what burnout is. So I feel like I'm doing a lot and not getting back what I put in. And a few weeks ago, I began to see that warning signs of burnout, particularly um, yes, yeah, just seeing everything quite negatively, focusing on the lack of results. And slowly it tumbled into my life where things start to break around me. I lose things. I'm like, not fully present at social occasions, which is not me, like I'd, I'd love nothing more than a social occasion. So but I would be quite withdrawn and find it difficult to talk to people. Um, And, and I sort of noticed that it was tumbling into my life. And then the real alarm bell was when I was um, getting really jealous of people who sort of had full time jobs and um, were on holiday. And I just sort of felt really, um, I was like, this is this is a warning sign if you just want to get a job. So yeah, that was my burnout. I think there's so much that I
0: relate so heavily to. And I do feel like this episode is going to be us just sharing all, every, all of the gunk that's in our heads right now in the kind of hopes that we we will hopefully um, feel better in ourselves. But also I, I do hope that there are people listening who um, maybe can relate to what we're talking about. But the First thing that I just wanted to pick up on is that the big red flag. So in your case, it's being jealous of something that you're seeing in other people. For me, my big red flag was when I picked a fight with someone on Twitter, and I'm really really ashamed of this because it's actually someone who I consider a friend, and I picked a fight with them on Twitter, which is not like me at all. I always I really don't like getting into Twitter fights. I think there are they are nothing but a waste of time and energy. And that was kind of what actually led me to sort of go off Twitter for a bit because I sort of, it's that feeling of you don't really recognize yourself. You're, 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 you're doing things that are not like you. Um, and so I, and I think that's kind of the case. I, I think that's what we are both describing here that, you know, you, you don't look at people with jobs and feel jealousy. And so it, it's that feeling, it's that, it's that not feeling like yourself that is, uh, is often such a big red flag that we really need to tune into. But also the other thing I really relate to what you were saying is this feeling of always needing to be on. I feel that my, my work right now, and, and I do, and you know, to be clear, I have chosen to work like this. I do enjoy variety and I need my work to be a number of different projects. But the difference is, is, that right now I feel like I'm struggling to balance those projects. And I've got things, I've got my weeks laid out quite a structured way of different days of the week. I work on different projects and it really feels, it feels like an, it feels like a really difficult gear shift, almost kind of like when you go from like, I don't know, try to go from second gear into fifth gear. I'm just, I'm making an awkward car analogy. Um, but, uh, it just feels that, you know, it's every day is quite relentless. And if one thing slips, everything then crumbles. And so I have my, my week set out because I'm currently writing a book right now. And obviously we do the podcast, um, and I write my newsletter and there are also other things that I do as well, but I've had to kind of take them off my plate because I just don't have the capacity and I get to the end of the week and it feels, I feel like I've run a marathon. And it's just it's just really kind of exhausting, sort of having to having to balance all of that. Um I don't think we're the only ones who are feeling like this right now. I think there's a lot of people who are feeling burned out. And we're gonna get into in today's episode a bit about what's kind of what are the factors at play that are causing burnout to manifest, particularly right now. But we put a call out on Twitter. We're at is this working underscore show on Twitter to ask our listeners about their their experiences of burnout. Tiffany, do you want to tell us what we heard back?
1: We heard back from Veronica, who said freelancing was a much more appealing career move than continuing the cycle of burnout in senior marketing jobs. It sucked the life out of me, and now I look back and think, for what? You either give in and hand your life over to work or leave. There is no middle brown ground.
0: I really relate to that. I definitely felt like when I was in a staff role, it was that all or nothing, that work and your job completely consumes you in a way where you just have to give so much to it. And that kind of putting it like that, that there is no middle ground, that's exactly how I felt. And I also kind of felt that freelancing in many ways enabled me to set up my days and my working arrangements in such a way to kind of help ease burnout. But all of that being said, I am freelance right now and I am burnout. So it's, it's not the case that freelancing is some um, silver bullet that's going to resolve burnout for you. And in many ways, I'm quite sad to think that I am suff I'm, I'm feeling the initial phases of burnout because I kind of think oh gosh um, I guess it's kind of like guilt for me guilt and shame attached to the whole thing as well that I thought I'd done everything in my power to protect myself from feeling burnout and yet here I am back again
1: well I I totally get that guilt because I felt like I should be someone who has really smashed the like brilliant working life and so if I'm getting burnt out, like I feel really guilty when I'm like working late at night cause I'm like, this is off brand. But um, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's on brand actually, I mean, whatever. But yeah, I feel like I had that added layer of guilt. Like I should really have my like shit together. I shouldn't be feeling this. Um, so I totally relate to that. So let's get into burnout a
0: bit. Let's actually talk about what it is and how to spot it. Um, So burnout is a state of physical or emotional exhaustion that involves a sense of reduced accomplishment and even loss of personal identity. And burnout is, as I mentioned, it specifically relates to work so it is it's it's a very it's a very buzzy phrase at the moment it has actually been around since the 1970s it's when it was 1974 was when it was first coined but it is very much having a buzzy moment right now and it is sometimes slightly misused burnout refers to a condition that is specifically caused by work and there are three aspects to burnout a feeling of either energy depletion or exhaustion an increased mental distance from your job or feelings of negativity or cynicism relating to your job. And then the third aspect to burnout is reduced professional efficacy. What does that mean? Your output.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Got it.
0: So I would say that I pretty much tick all three of these boxes to some extent. I definitely feel mental distance from my job and like I mentioned, I've got all of this negativity towards the media industry and it's, it's resulting in me kind of like questioning everything that I'm doing, but it hasn't, you know, I, I have and actually, no, know, that is that I will confess there was one night when I could not sleep and I was scrolling through LinkedIn jobs at 3am, never a good sign. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, it's always when I'm reading those LinkedIn emails, so I think it's a bit of a, a red flag.
0: Yeah. Just to kind of, just sort of see, I mean, it's fine to see what's out there. Everyone, no matter how happy you are in your job, everyone should always be aware of what's out there, but don't do that at three o'clock in the morning when you are unable to sleep and you're lying on the sofa with, with episodes of friends, friends reruns, (laughs) like as your background music. Um, And then yeah, the, um, the output and sort of the ability to do your work to your best ability. I feel that I feel like I do have that to a, to a certain extent. Um, it's not that I'm necessarily kind of making that many mistakes, but it's just, it just feels like much more of a mountain that I have to climb in order to start, in order to start on projects. And I feel like I'm procrastinating a lot more than I usually do. Like, you know, procrastination can often be a really big sign of burnout, because as we've talked about before in this podcast, procrastination has got nothing to do with laziness and it's got everything to do with discomfort and uncomfortable emotions and feelings. So procrastination can often, you know, it comes hand in hand with burnout. Um, and I definitely do feel, I feel tired. I don't feel as physically tired as I have done in the past. So the last time I had burnout, I was really, really physically exhausted, but that mental exhaustion, um, I mean, who isn't mentally exhausted right now, but I have that. So yeah, tick, tick, tick for me on the burnout list. Um, so just some kind of ways, if you're sort of listening to this and thinking, oh, do I have burnout? Um, a couple of ways that you can spot it or some things to kind of look out for. So this kind of cynicism at work is often a big sign of burnout. So if you're feeling, if you're being very critical about your job, or if you're irritable, impatient with your colleagues or your clients, that that can often be a sign of burnout. Um, Also, if you have that feeling that you really have to drag yourself to work and you're having trouble getting started, that's another big sign. Um, And then if you're lacking energy to be productive, or if you're finding it hard to concentrate, these are also signs, um, as is a lattice lack of satisfaction from your achievements, which is what you were describing, Tiffany, that, that kind of feeling of I'm not getting as much out of this as I am putting into it. Um, and if you're disillusioned about your job, which is exactly how I'm feeling right now. Um, and then of course there are, um, symptoms that start to creep in outside of the work itself that's kind of when you know that the burnout is really taking hold where you might notice some actual physical symptoms so things like unexplained headaches poor sleep stomach problems or other physical ailments like sort of aches and pains and things like that um these can also come hand in hand those can kind of come in at sort of the the latter stages of burnout when it's sort of fully fully blown
1: i think for, look, reading through these, because I'll talk about it later, but how I've I've actually outs- I've overcome my burnout and I'll talk about how, but for reading these for me, um, because I'm still, ha- I can't really take my foot off the gas. So I've still been working really hard. Um, like yesterday I was taking 10 minute power naps because I was like so tired and then would go back to my like work that I had to do. But that is very different from, so for me, how I really define burnout versus just having a lot of work to do is about that negativity and disillusionment and that kind of thought pattern cycle rather than just having too much to do. Well, that's the other thing is that it's really important.
0: So burnout is very much still, uh, in the grand scheme of things, it feels like it's huge and everywhere because it's being talked about a lot, but there isn't, the body of research around burnout is still very much in its early stages. And there's still a distinction between you know, it's really important to distinguish between burnout and stress. And it's also important to distinguish between burnout and depression. And let's, you know, taking stress as, as a big example, because I think often what happens is people use the phrase burnout when they actually are referring to stress. And stress is our mind and body's response to the demands placed upon us. And in small doses, stress can actually be a good thing. And when, and especially when managed well, because it can be an impetus to motivate us. So, for example, a deadline, though that kind of level of stress is a good thing for us and it does actually push us forwards. But when we experience stress for an extended period of time and when we're not able to manage it properly, that's when we start to feel a complete lack of motivation and you start feeling hopeless and um, almost kind of like that empty feeling. And burnout very much is at least right now it's understood as happening as a result of chronic workplace stress. And when you get to the stage of burnout, you have this physical and emotional exhaustion, it's kind of depletion. And it's very much caused by this excessive and prolonged periods of stress. And it is really important to, to distinguish between between the two. And one way almost to think about it is that stress involves too much of something and burnout almost too little or not enough because burnout is the result of not having enough energy, not having enough motivation or passion. Whereas when we're stressed, it's, we're hyper-stimulated and these two are two separate things. And it's not the case that just because you have too much work, you will de facto become burnout. out. Um, of course, you know, it's, it's, you know, as you as you were talking about earlier, this sort of st- sustainability, it's not sustainable to work very long hours constantly, but this sort of period of intense work that you have right now, and especially this awareness of when you have signs creeping in that maybe it is stressing you out or potentially even causing burnout, the ability to kind of correct course as a result, that's really important and very necessary.
1: Yeah, I really agree. I think the important thing is to have the knowledge to have that self-awareness that so you can diagnose the problem because that really is the first step to overcoming it is to say and i guess we are fortunate in the fact that we do this work because the minute i started to feel my head and life scrambling into this really negative cycle i could say hold on this is burnout and then i could take steps to change it let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll
0: talk about how burnout is manifesting right now
1: do you want more tools to improve your working life then join is this working on patreon the community platform for supporting creators like us Support us on Patreon and you'll get perks, including a weekly reading list from us, packed with things that will make your working life better. Find us at patreon.com forward slash show.
0: So I think it's really important to stress that we are living in a moment right now that is really ripe for burnout. We've got this trifecta of the pandemic, the racial reckoning, the turbulent political discourse as a result of those other two points. These are creating a perfect storm for burnout. And while burnout is very much a work-related condition, nonetheless. All of these things are playing out around us. And as we often talk about on this podcast, there's only one of us and we bring that to work. And so the things that are happening in our in our personal lives and also at the wor- in the world at large, those inevitably are going to make us more prone to burnout, especially if they are on the scale of the things that are happening right now. Um, for black people and people of color, the racial reckoning that we're living through right now is contributing to greater levels of burnout. Dr. Leila Hussein, who's a therapist and an activist, made a really brilliant video for the BBC recently about black burnout, in which she gave a name to the feelings that the black community is experiencing right now in the wake of the George Floyd killings. And she ran through the eight signs of burnout and some had some really brilliant tips for people who are experiencing black burnout, what they can what they can kind of try to do to combat it. And I'll link to that in the show notes. I was also listening to Michelle Obama's podcast, which is absolutely brilliant, by the way. I've been binging on it, and I think it was the second episode. She interviewed Michelle Norris, who's a columnist at the Washington Post, and this this podcast, this episode actually start, actually got some news attention because in it, Michelle Obama said that she was suffering from a what she described as a. Form of low grade depression as a result of the quarantine and racial strife and the civil unrest and kind of all of the discourse around these things. So I think it is really important to kind of mention the fact that race is often left out of the conversation of burnout, but it is a massively contributing factor because what when you're working in an environment where either of both overt racism and also microaggressions these things kind of contribute to this sort of background almost like a low low grade hum that make things unnecessarily difficult and so are going to increase the likelihood of feelings of disillusionment and that kind of distance from your job and basically this is to say that those these these kinds of structures they can cause burnout because of course you're going to feel disillusioned from your job when you are experiencing microaggressions on a daily basis. Um, I think this was last year, but there was a viral tweet on there's a viral Twitter thread from the poet Tiana Clark in which she wrote, if I don't answer an email or attend a committee meeting at my university, I might suffer different consequences than my white male millennial counterparts not filling out arduous insurance forms for certain communities isn't just bothersome, but it could be damaging, fatal even. And so what Clark was kind of picking up on is that all of the discourse around millennial burnout, whilst giving voice to something that lots of people were feeling, but didn't have the vocabulary to express, it didn't really kind of get into how racial inequalities play out. Within that conversation. And Clark actually went on to write a really fantastic essay about Black burnout for BuzzFeed, which I'm going to link to in the show notes. But I just wanted to read a paragraph out from it here. Another question I'm afraid to ask myself Am I burned out because I'm still subconsciously wanting the American dream to be true, despite the odds stacked against my skin color? Do I want to be the exceptional Black person who actually makes it out of my circumstances? Or am I wanting to be something I will never be a rich white man? seemingly carefree, with a sizable Roth IRA, unafraid to walk to his car at night without his keys wolverined in his hands. But if the American dream isn't even possible for upwardly mobile white people anymore, then what the heck am I even striving for? Where do I actually see myself?
1: Gosh, that that really is the disillusionment that we've talked about and that negative cycle. Um, and to go back to our tweet from Veronica, that question of for what?
0: Yeah, exactly. And And that's, I think that's, that's the other thing that it's really important to talk about the structures when we talk about burnout, because you're working within a system that almost leaves you, you know, systems of oppression, systems of racial inequality, systems of wealth inequality that almost kind of make it impossible for you not to achieve certain goals. And it almost then feels like quite a depressing inevitability that we're going to have these, you know, and that's going to result in burnout. Um, and I think that we're seeing this in particular right now during this pandemic as well, which has affected all of us in some way or another. Whether that's health-wise, and I mean that not just in the sense of whether people have actually become sick directly from COVID itself, but also the mental health implications as well. You know, I think lots of people's mental health is suffering right now. And then, of course, there are all the economic implications as well, job losses, and all the financial strain that the economic downturn has um, has resulted in. Plus on top of that, lots of people have reconfigured their homes with many of us thrust into new at home working conditions, having to juggle childcare, having to navigate the use of the living room with housemates, all of these things. Basically the pandemic has uprooted daily life. And I think that has inevitably learned, uh, that has inevitably led to more people being susceptible to burnout. Um, And kind of speaking for myself, I know that for me, and, and and i know this is a um i know this is a sort of i don't know i sort of worry that this is a very self-indulgent thing to say but i'm um going to say it i know that speaking for myself that over these last few months it's brought on this kind of existential crisis for me all around work and that i've i've really have felt that my work has become quite meaningless because I just feel, you know, I I kind of have this sort of almost like out of body experience where I'm watching myself kind of like bashing furiously away at my keyboard. And I'm just thinking like, for what, you know, I'm not a key worker. Like what is my work actually doing to contribute? And I do know when I take a step back, I know that that's the burnout speaking, because even this, even this thing that I'm doing right now, where I'm sharing this story on this podcast, I know that, or at least I hope that that is evidence of my work helping people because I know I cannot be alone feeling this and me kind of saying all of this stuff and airing maybe too much about the gunk that's in my head, it does help people. And so I try, I am trying to distinguish between, you know, of course, like helpful being, you know, being aware of what you're doing, kind of critiquing your own work. Of course, that's important, but not allowing that to slip into shaming language or sort of being too self-critical. And and that's, that's that line that I'm trying to toe when it comes to burnout.
1: Yeah. I've been talking to people who are experiencing the same thing in quite a broad range of industries, actually, um, where they're sort of feeling like pretty much what I described, they're, they feel like they're working harder than ever. So I think what's happening is you've got the people who are on furlough or being made redundant and obviously that's awful for all the reasons we discussed on the podcast recently but then what I'm also seeing is the people who still have their jobs say that they're working harder than ever and actually a lot of them have had to take pay cuts you know for the greater good of the existence of the organization and they're also having to really hustle for work for new business Um, they have to um, take on work that maybe they don't want to. And they're also similarly feeling that negative disillusionment, like what is the point? Like, what is my role here? I'm a cog in a machine. So I think there is actually a bit of pandemic-induced mass burnout happening as well. And obviously we're in the UK and it's in a recession now. So that's just, there's no, it's very bleak, the future as well. Like there doesn't seem to be an end to it. And I think as well, I'm seeing that a lot of people are really missing one of the main motivators for well, life, but also work is that social time in the office. And I think the novelty of working at home for a lot of people has worn off. And actually it's it's really, um, yeah, as you, I guess I just, it feels really um, sort of depleting for people's energy levels. And I think people are beginning to really feel that relentless burnout feeling in their jobs. Gosh, this
0: is all getting a bit grim. So I think we should try and talk, a, not try, I think we should talk about some practical tips to overcome burnout because we are both doing quite a lot to try and overcome these feelings. Um, I know that for me, the most important thing I've done is actually name what I'm feeling as burnout and recognize that I am in the early stages of it. and. Also, in that, just acknowledging the fact that this has been very important for me, but I'm really trying to acknowledge the fact that I have been affected by this pandemic, that it has taken a toll on my mental health for in various ways and for various reasons. And well, when we were in the middle of lockdown here in the UK, I felt that all of us were on a level playing field and that all of us were in this kind of shock of, oh my God, we are living in a pandemic. And we kind of not all felt the same, but we all were experiencing similar things at a similar time whereas now we're coming we 've come out we 're coming out of lockdown, things have been eased up, there are different restrictions, and people are approaching things in different ways, not to mention the government here is actually um, is sort of kind of left it up to individuals to to make their own calls as to what they should do and i 've really really struggled with that because i 'm seeing things in quite a different way to lots of other people. And I almost felt a bit of shame around that and almost kind of felt, well, why, why am I not, why am I, why have I not bounced back like everyone else has? Why am I still worried about things to do with the pandemic? And it's been a real exercise of mine to not shame myself for that and to just accept the fact that people are affected by this differently at different paces in different ways. And that is okay.
1: Yeah. I think it's, um, I think you're really right. I think you're, I bet you hear from people saying they're actually very much in your mindset. I'm sure you're not alone. Um, I think, as you say, it's it's important not to shame your feelings and reaction because I think everyone's always reacting in different ways, aren't they? So everyone's still probably struggling on some level because, as I said before, there's that it, we're sort of staring at the bottom of the barrel right now, and I think people are responding differently. Mm,
0: yeah, for sure. And I've also done a couple of super practical things as well. So I've been really militant about my boundaries. I've set some very clear boundaries and I've actually kind of written out on a piece of paper, things that I, things that make me feel good and things that actually fill me up with energy and things that deplete me with energy from, deplete my energy. And I'm trying to eliminate as much as I can, or at least, um, limit, Those things that are draining me. And one thing that I'm doing is I'm trying to use tech to actually help police those boundaries. So I have put on a very, I don't want to actually call it aggressive because it's not aggressive. It is me exerting my boundaries, but I've put on an out of office that I'm kind of using as this buffer and this cocoon in which to, I can wrap myself in. And it just, it's just preventing this onslaught of emails and people who email me demanding things and asking for things. And then they don't realize that they're doing it, but it's the cumulative effect of the volume of emails that I receive from people who, who ask for something. Um, and so I've kind of put this e- e- this hour of office on to act as a buffer. Um, I've also made some email template replies because I often find myself writing the same email over and over again. So I have put those as templates in directly in my inbox. I've also put an FAQs up on um, my newsletter website because I, again, I have the same question keeps getting asked again. So I just have an FAQ section that I can direct people to. And crucially, I have come off Instagram and Twitter for all of August, which has been really transformative. Although that being said, I find myself scrolling the Guardian app quite a lot as well. So I really need to not just take a break from Twitter, but also kind of limit my news consumption as well, because reading the news can be just as depressing as reading Twitter. and I am also taking as much off my plate as possible. So I've gone through my list of things that I'm working on. And in some cases I've actually pulled out of a project. Um, I actually had a project going on and, um, I, it, it was just not, was not working for me. It was causing me way too much stress. And I looked at it and I kind of asked myself, is this actually going to achieve my long-term, uh, professional goals? No. Is the money worth it. No, um, there were, there wasn't really kind of anything positive about this project. And so I just pulled out of it. Um, and it was a really scary thing to do by the way, especially when you're freelance, where you've actually said you're going to do something and then you actually back out. Um, but, um, it was received well and it was fine and the client completely understood and it has not caused any problems. So it just, it has, if if anything, it's just been a major relief. So yeah, those are sort of the some of the things that I'm doing. Um you you have a very different approach to me about all this stuff. So talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, I kind of can we get a psychologist on the show to explain this to me because I'm really interested how you have a response that's quite um, you know, you leave social media, set boundaries, whereas I took quite a different I go into my fortress. Yeah, whereas I, I've taken quite a different approach. Um, and what I've well, first of all, before I get into maybe the main difference, I I don't think burnout and the cure, not if cure is probably not the right word, is about taking breaks, and I think people can become quite distracted by oh, I just need to take a break or take a holiday. Um, I mean, I can't take a holiday because, as discussed, I haven't made my job financially sustainable. So, and also, I'm single, so I've got no one ready to go with. So, um, this is you boo-hoo. got me boohoo. <laughs> you've got Um, me cool yeah but um (laughs) I do have you thank you but okay but but you know what I mean like it's I can't just it's not as easy to just like I don't know whatever go away for a weekend but what I'm saying is um also on top of that um sorry, that was a bit woe is (laughs) me. But on top of that, I looked at my commitments over the next few weeks when I was in my depths of burnout and I'm still fulfilling those commitments now. And I just couldn't take time off. Like there was no space for breaks because I'd committed to doing stuff and I had to keep working. And um, I've scheduled a bit of time off for the future, like next week, but I'll probably end up doing bits and bobs, um, which I know is naughty. But for me, Um, I don't think it's about taking breaks. I I know that taking breaks is transformative for people and really helps with when you're in the stress mode, which you kind of separated out the difference earlier. But I actually think um, with burnout, because of that negative cycle and disillusionment, even if you go away, when you come back, you'll still be in that mental headspace. So on a practical level, I had to keep going, but also on a psychological level, I felt like the answer wasn't to stress myself out more by starting to like Google holidays to Greece or whatever on my own. Um, So what I did actually was I wrote a, well, as you said, I identified the problem and we're fortunate that we do have that language. And I actually wrote a letter to myself. Well, before that I listed out everything that was sort of bugging me and I realized how negative I'd got, like of all the life pillars, I was saying all this negative stuff. Um, And then I wrote a letter to myself and it sort of, the letter was kind of a pep talk where it was like, if you put it all down, it's actually not that bad. You are actually progressing, you are getting some results. And so I just really challenged that disillusionment and negative cycle in my brain. And I also put under the different columns, like what what change can you make? And I actually found that I was actually making changes already in a lot of the space. there wasn't actually that much to do apart from just keep going and just almost that decision like I acknowledge what's happening now but I'm gonna keep going and then on top of that I wrote a newsletter about it and I do find writing like a magical cure like when I write something often the thing I've written about almost like disappears as an issue for my mind um so yeah so that's kind of that was that was my first way I kind of began to overcome it it's really interesting because it's,
0: I love your letters to yourself that you, you, that's often a tool that you use. And I think they're really, really great because it's like you're having a word with yourself, but you're writing it down for posterity so that you can refer back to it later. And it's, it is interesting how we have these different approaches. I think that it's just, it's just this instinct I have where I just have to go into my, my fortress, my kind of war room and just I have to build around me to just keep from keep the bad energy out but I think it is a really important and worthwhile exercise to reflect and just and it's that it's that talking to yourself with compassion and being kind to yourself which is something that you are very good at doing that you are very good at being kind to yourself and actually sitting down and you know writing that love letter to yourself essentially whereas um because that's the thing. It's very easy to be really self-critical and say, Oh God, what's wrong with me? You know, why am I not doing this? Especially when, you know, something like burnout, it comes on. And especially because it does affect your abilities to do your job at a level that you were previously able to do. Then you kind of suddenly think, Oh God, what's wrong with me? Why, what's happened? Have I just broken myself? You know, is that, that, is that it? Have I run out of all of the good ideas? Am I done? Um, so it's just important to bring it back and remind yourself that, no, no, this is just the, this is the thing that I'm, this is something that I'm experiencing and th- and this too shall pass.
1: Yeah, and I was just thinking as well that maybe actually one of the differences between us is I think you on a, I think you actually get a lot more demands than I do, like on your inbox and in social. So I actually think it might actually be more also partly down to that. Um, but as you well, said-
0: se- actually, That's actually something that,
1: I've been thinking a lot about recently because
0: I do think that I was listening to Alicia Keys on the Brené Brown podcast last night which was life-changing. Mm-hmm. It was a, an amazing episode. Yeah, I love And that they were talking about how particularly for women but if you've ever experienced any degree of success and like you know not to the level not it doesn't have to be to the level of Alicia Keys or Brené Brown but if you are have have any kind of degree of success or have any form of publicly public facing um job or presence especially when you are a woman you feel like you just can't say no to people because you will be perceived as ungrateful or you know worse kind of cold and bitchy and and i do find it very hard to ignore emails, you know, I can't, I can't just ignore emails. I have, and by the way, if anyone's reading this thinking, uh, listening to this thinking, yeah, but there's an email I sent you, you haven't replied to. It is sat on, it is sat in my starred folder and it will, I I will get to it because I do get to all of the emails. I read everything and I try to respond. And I had this experience yesterday where I was, this has got nothing to do with work, but I was, um, I've just moved house and I was, I'd gone back to my old flat to sort things out. And I was on a massive time crunch cause I had to get the, get the keys handed in. I also had to, to, to get somewhere before it closed. And I was shuffling things back and forth to the car. And of course things took more journeys than I thought they would. And there was um, a woman who was, um, I had, I'd borrowed a trolley from the, um, uh, from my building and, there was a woman who was trying to take a crate or a pallet or something down the road. And she asked if she could borrow the trolley or if I could um, take this piece of wood for her around the corner. And my God, did I feel so incredibly guilty, but I had to say no, because I just didn't. I just couldn't. I didn't. I neither had the physical energy to help lift this piece of wood, nor did I have. You know, I was on this time crunch, and I. I mean, I'm still thinking about it now. I feel so guilty that I couldn't help this woman. Although, you know, by the time I came around the corner, I saw that someone else had helped her, and everything was fine. But it's that feeling of not being able to put yourself and your needs first. And the reality is that in the long run, you do really need to practice that and work on it because. If you keep putting other people's needs before your own, then when you really do want to help someone, you can't because you've not been able to prioritize your own needs. It's that thing I often say about putting your own oxygen mask on first. Anyway, that was a long ramble, but
1: it's um well, I'm just thinking actually this is an important point because I I said I have less demands than you, but actually you know, I don't reply to people who so like I get loads of emails or whatever, being like, "Hey, can I be a guest on your podcast?" And they clearly haven't listened to it. They send crappy topic ideas that are totally irrelevant that we'd never pass. And I'm like, "You haven't done me the respect of reading our titles. You don't even read. You have not listen to the damn thing. Just look at the titles. So why should I respect you and waste energy by replying?" So I don't really reply. I but I don't feel guilty about that. But I think some people. I think we have this culture where you're expected to reply to people, but I don't, I don't think you need to. Um, But yeah, so that's, that's kind of, that's also important I think to sort of acknowledge your burnout, look after yourself, as you say, oxygen mask first and not worry about everybody else. And the other thing that I found really helpful as well is for me um, was around that I'm not getting the results I'm putting out, but now I'm active, I'm actively acknowledging and pausing with any type of mini wing, win, sorry, wing, <laughs> like I'm flying, um, any mini win. And it's really important to to stop and do that because actually all change happens at a really slow little incremental change one at a time. So I really make an effort to acknowledge those mini wins. And honestly, it means the world to me if I if I write something and I get Some feedback from people. um, And it reminds me to keep going. uh, As I wrote in my letter to myself, keep going, my friend, you're on the right path. Um, And the final thing, as well, I would say is I talk a lot about work life balance. Work tumbles into your life. For me, the burnout clues were suddenly my life felt a bit messy. And similarly, as work impacts our lives, I also really believe that our lives can impact how he works. So I put into some, what I did was put in some really basic stuff, which is transformative. Like I ate more greens. I like actively pursued vegetables. Um, and then I move my body as much as I possibly can. So going for short 10 minute walks in between tasks or like swinging the arms. I think we've talked about that in the early days of pandemic. Um, one coffee in the morning, max drinking more water. And then also the other thing I did which actually really really helped with my burnout and I apologize for probably ending the episode on this note but I got I I watched the whole of Selling Sunset (laughs) series three (laughs) and it honestly just it it it, my brain could really switch off and relax and enjoy that so I did all these kind of self-care things um and it did really really help to transform it and I do still make exercise a priority at the moment so it's what I do at the beginning of the day because otherwise it won't get done and even that if that means I start work later that's an investment in the rest of my day so I do believe that all these things that we talk about in the podcast so much but the reason we talk about all these life things is because they can really transform your relationship with your work and yourself. I think that is a great note to end on it's that
0: idea that your real job is to look after yourself. And that's what we need to put at the top of our to-do lists now. So if anyone's listening, who's feeling burnt out right now, we are very much there with you. And thanks for listening to our mini therapy session. See you soon. Bye. are listening to is this working hosted by anako gerardo and tiffany philippou produced by chris bannister continue the conversation with us over on twitter at is this working underscore show